Hey, security peeps, we are live with another edition of Breaking Into Cybersecurity. I am Renee Small, cybersecurity super recruiter, demystifying. The podcast is here to demystify cybersecurity careers and helping awesome talent get into great opportunities and helping leaders hire great talent. And I'm here with an, a wonderful, wonderful person, Kofo Alemide. Say hi to everybody, Kofo. How's everybody doing out there? So Kofo, his story, the way it goes is he was a special needs high school math teacher. Yep, in where, where were you? In Baltimore. In Baltimore. Goodness gracious. So <laughs> in Baltimore, high school math teacher in Baltimore, special needs teacher who transitioned into a cybersecurity career. So I am beyond excited to talk to him and learn more. Um, he also is a Purse Scholas grad. And as you all know, we had a, a Purse Scholas grad on earlier this week who was like so inspiring to so many of us. So Kofo, jump in, talk to us about what made you even go from math teacher to thinking about cybersecurity, understanding, how did you even find out? How did you find out about security? Well, um, I always kind of knew about cybersecurity because I was also working part-time at Best Buy um, in the computer section. So, you know, we sell antivirus there too. So I always knew about cybersecurity in a sense, and I worked in the Geek Squad as well. So usually whenever people left the Geek Squad, they would leave to, you know, computer engineering or cybersecurity or whatever type of position. So those type of talks were always being had in the store anyway. So mm -hmm. it was always on my mind. It was just a matter of, navigating and I wasn't thinking about it due to my major in undergrad but when I felt like I needed to make a transition I felt like okay I can do the cybersecurity thing very cool and so how did you end up finding out about Prescolis well when I moved back home to uh, Silver Spring Maryland I was like okay I need to find an IT job I tried really hard put out a bunch of resumes um went into interviews, embarrassed myself a lot of times. But then I said, okay, maybe I need to get some training. So I started looking on Indeed and everywhere just for trainings and Perscolas came up and it was super close to my house. So I said, okay, let me just go and see what this is about. And lo and behold, I went through the interview process, got in the class and here I am now. <laughs> and the rest is history. So, so when you applied, you know, I want people to realize, so, you know, this month is Cybersecurity Awareness Month. We are demystifying cybersecurity careers. We're letting people know you can have all different types of backgrounds and get into security. It's not going to be, you know, a six-week boot camp type of situation, but, you know, having some, having, you can come from all types of different backgrounds and come into security and make a career in the security space. And Perscolis is one of these um, organizations that as you know, as I learn more about them, I am really excited about the type of work that that um, Prescolis is doing um, with bringing in people into the industry. So, when you had to apply, what um, you know, what are, what are they looking for? I know they look for an assessment. That's what um, Alphonse said earlier. Yeah. What did they What did they look for? Um, and a little, just a little bit about the process. Like, so there's an interview. How did that work? So um, the first time, because I, I went to Perscola twice. So the first time I went, um, I applied online. They sent me an email, scheduled the interview. And 
what I got from the interview was mainly questions about my availability and then my passion for, you know, going into cybersecurity or IT or whatever the case may be. Um, they kind of wanted just to make sure that you are someone who's passionate about the field that you're about to go into and that you'll be committed. And that's the main things that they really kind of focus on. And, you know, if you're able to come to class. So if you have a job or something that'll conflict with the class, they want to know that type of thing so they can get the right type of student. Gotcha. And then I know from the the person who was on Alphonse, who was on earlier this week, that it's a week long. I mean, it's 40 hours, right? So it's typically a, it's a 40 hour a week. So like a full time job. Yeah. And then how um, how many weeks or how many months? Um, <clears throat> so the A plus class I took was was eight weeks. Yeah. So it was two months. Um, mm-hmm. And then when I came back for the network plus security plus um class that I believe was I think it was 14 weeks it was like 14 yeah it was 14 weeks because it was eight and six so yeah it was 14 weeks um yeah you just have to make that commitment nine to five yeah you have to be like a job yeah you cannot miss any days like it's it's serious it's serious so you so you take the class so you take the you did a plus first you did that for eight weeks then you did another eight another eight weeks and then six yeah, so the, the right. security plus network class was network plus class was put Combined. together. Okay. Yeah, in the fourteen week, but you know the first eight weeks was network plus, and then the next six weeks was security plus. Gotcha. So in total, for you to get A plus security plus and network plus, it ended up being it sounds like four about between five and six months. Yeah, so five and a half months. I did the A plus class in two thousand fifteen. And I did the Network Plus Security Plus class in, I think, 2017. Okay. It was 2016. Right. Okay, cool. So total, you know, I would just want people, I want to give people an understanding of how long stuff tends to take from, you know, especially you all who have been successful in breaking into the industry. And at the end of the, um, so when you go through the program, you get your network plus, you get your security plus, um, you had done an A plus the the year before. And so when you were interviewing, like, how did you get your first role? Well, um, so Perscola's helps big time with that. And one thing I want to make sure I mentioned that Perscola's does, it's not just the training of the technical knowledge it's also the soft skills that they do so you know resume clean up uh they help you set up your linkedin they bring in like a lady to come and talk to you about your linkedin and do linkedin training um uh, once a week we have to dress up in suits um you know being on time and stuff like just little things like that you know putting greetings in your emails like all of those things those soft skills they really hammer that into us right. and uh, networking too. They also focus a lot on networking and being able to look people in the eyes when you shake their hand, um, give eye contact and in interviews, like just those little things that really make a difference, honestly, at the end of the day, especially for people who are breaking into a new career field. Right. Um, so that's one thing I really, really respect about Perscola. So they did all of that type of training and then we did a lot of interview prep. And then they bring um, people like recruiters and other employers and stuff to come in and do mock interviews. And then from there, we're applying and getting interviews. And I remember um, this guy, Peyton, he was the um, he was in charge of the whole soft skills um, section of the class. Um, he would always call me every day and let me know, OK, this is such and such is hiring. You better apply there. And I'm like, all right, I'm in. I'm applying. And then eventually I just got one of those jobs. It was a contract through Tech Systems at um, NEA. 
That is awesome, 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 awesome. So um gonna put up some comments up here because I see some people who are always here. Danielle says good morning. Good morning, Danielle. Hello, all from Texas. Hey Derek. Good morning, Patrick. And hey, Kofo, this is Katia. <laughs> Katia's everywhere. <laughs> yes. So um so yes, yeah, so you leave um you leave Prescolis or you know, you have the soft skills and and I want to kind of talk a little bit more about that um in particular because I know Europe and Prescolis tend to work similar and some people leave Europe and end up in Perscolis and part of um and I don't know if Perscolis does this I know Europe has like a a qualifier that at, at I don't know if it's it's the same now but at the time you had to be at a certain pop um you know a certain certain socioeconomic level um to go through their program and right. their program is it's called Europe for people who don't know it's a one year um uh, program and I believe you have to be between 19 and 24 to yeah. be a part of that program. You have to be at a certain socioeconomic level. And what they do is help you again with the soft skills, getting into the, the, you know, a lot of the folks that come out of that have never been in a corporate environment at all. So really trying to not only teach you technical skills, but also teach soft skills and how to interact with people um, in a corporate environment. So it sounds like Perscolis does something very, very similar, except for the economic, socioeconomic, I don't think the socioeconomic piece is a, is a, um, is a qualifier. Yeah. I don't remember it being a qualifier. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, Reginald says, hello. Hi, Reginald. He's like people that come on every week or every, almost some, some every day. So cool. Um, so Kofu, so, so after, um, after you have the person who's reaching out to you and calling you and saying, hey, these opportunities are, 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 um, are available, what happens next? Like to walk us through how you got from your applying. So that's pretty much telling you, hey, this is where you should apply. Um, and then um, what do you do after that? So at that point, you know, the rest is up to you to use what you were taught, you know, to interview well and, um, you know, speak well in your interviews, have eye contact, uh, study up on um, whoever's interviewing, use uh, LinkedIn accounts, um, follow up on emails when they email you, those type of little things that you're supposed to do with, you know, anybody professionally. Um, and then you go in and you knock out the interview for whatever position it is. My first position was a network technician at um, NEA. It was a two month contract. Um, and it was just a phone interview. It wasn't even like an in-person interview because they were doing, um, uh, they were upgrading the cables in the building. So it was a quick two month job. But then after that, I got a job at Design Data. And that was like the first real like service desk type job that I got. Um, it was three interviews, a phone interview and two in-persons. And, you know, you gotta dress well, show up five minutes early, you know, shake hands, you know, you know, the the normal stuff that, um, you know, people don't really get taught that much in school anymore. Uh, mm -hmm. so you do all of that. And then they sent me an offer and I was on my way. That is so cool. And I want to reiterate something that you said, like you were in, um, 
you know, you went to Morgan, so your undergrad, and then eventually you went back and you got your master's. But one of the points that you made in school that, you know, you don't necessarily get taught around, um, you know, interviewing, interviewing strategies, things like that, which is mind boggling to me because when I was an undergrad, we had something going on pretty much daily where, you know, the Office of Career Services was kind of like in our faces. Like they were always people right there, um, you know, bringing organizations in, having, so you were, you were trained, by the time you got out, you had been interacting with all of these business people for, um, for years. And I don't know if it's because I was in the business school, maybe that's the case. Um, that's why, <laughs> but if you're in any other, if you're in any other location, like there's not much of that happening. Yeah. Um, really coaching people and career services. Every time I ask somebody who's struggling, who says to me, you know, I have the degree or this is what I've done. And they try to get entry level roles. And I, I asked them about like, what is your career services doing? What is the, you know, what is the university doing to help you um, get your return on the investment of going there? Um, and it's something that I see is seems to be clearly lacking. Well, you know, at, at the Morgan State University, I will want to give them some credit. The business school and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, at the time I was a psych major. So our, our building was the oldest on campus. Um, and now they've upgraded, of course. So it, it looks a whole lot better now. And I, I know the services and things like when it comes to like careers and stuff like that is a whole lot better now. So I definitely want to. Shout out Morgan State University, my HBCU. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Morgan State. Good stuff, Morgan State. Um, So let me also chime in here. There are a couple comments here. (laughs) Danielle says, I'm feeling old at 39. Danielle, do not feel old. We had on somebody to um, the person who was on from the UK. The Krispy Kreme guy, he was 40, I think he's 41, 42. Do not feel old, my dear. And then um, she says, Bay Path University has career services built in the curriculum. I think that is fantastic. I think more universities need to do exactly that. It should be a class. It should be a part of the curriculum, even if it's one credit or zero, you know, something should be a credit or something. Um, But built into the the curriculum so people kind of get a foundation of what a resume should look like, what into what, you know, what, um, um, companies are looking for all of that should be a part of your experience going going to school. Yeah. Me. Uh, Patrick Moulton wants to know how do you eat when they are paying you? <laughs> I don't get that one either, Patrick. Do you mean like when he was in the forty hours a week and not really earning any money? I guess mm-hmm. he means. Um, I was living with my parents, so <laughs> I was. Yeah. In the eating department. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that's the thing a lot of times that I don't know if um, I know year up has that 19 to 24 ish range. Um, I believe does does Perscolas does not. Right. No. Perscolas, people are in their 20s, 30s. I think I spoke to a person a few years ago um, who had come on, who had gone through Perscolas. And he, I think he was in his 40s as yeah, well. It's all ages. <laughs> yeah. They don't have an age. They don't yeah. have an age. Um, Jeff White says, Renee and Kofo, I appreciate you both for providing this platform and value to job seekers and those looking to advance their professional endeavors. You are welcome, Jeff White. Um, 
Reginald says they need more co-ops at the high school level. I 100% agree. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what happened to what the co-op situations in high school, um, internships in high school. I also, right. you know, like Kofo, well, I wasn't a teacher, but I had gone back to my old high school and worked there for a little bit and worked in the alumni services. And one of the things that the high school did that was phenomenal was get work on getting internships for the kids. And I think that's just so important. Like part of education at the high school level is getting internships, interviewing, putting together a resume. That should be standard, should be a class. It just should be, period. Exposes you to, you know, what the possibilities are. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, Eric says, Renee always brings relevant and insightful guests. Kofo, keep it going at 1,000. Kofo is amazing. 1,000% passion and persistence. Yeah, Kofo, he's one of those people that as soon as I met, I'm like, you got to come on the show. <laughs> you have to be you have to be here sharing your experiences. Um, and Jeff White talks about Craig Evans, um, who was on the show the other day, who talked about, his, you know, who I believe is in his 40s, um, who just transitioned from Krispy Kreme. Um, Danielle talks about before even high school camps for middle schoolers. I agree. Like people should be interviewing. It should be like a skill that's taught. It's unfortunately sad because people are, um, you know, you have the talent and you know what you, you can do a lot of times the best, some of the best employees are bad at interviewing, mm-hmm. um, you know, because they're working. Like, you know how many seasoned professionals that I talk to where they are just, they're not interviewers, professional interviewers, you know? They just have their heads down and doing their jobs. Yeah, they're not The interview process to me is like broken in and of itself, but that's a whole different, that's a conversation. Lincoln, that's a great point, Renee, on interviewing. Naomi Buckwalter just made a nice post on preparing for interviews. Um, Naomi is going to be back next week. So Naomi Buckwalter, she's awesome. She's going to be back next week, her and James. And we're going to be talking about um, a lot around like, you know, interviewing and just the HR process. And, you know, one of the things we're also trying to do is show a glimpse into what happens in HR. Because I think people tend to, um, HR is a little bit of a mystery, which I get it (laughs) to a lot of folks um, in the industry just as a whole, like people don't fully understand what happens um, in HR, especially with large companies. And Kofo, you get it because you have been in these large organizations, I think Fortune 500 type companies. Um, So going through the processes and understanding like some of the things that happen in HR um, is something that we want to share with everyone. So you understand, so, you know, the frustrations might not necessarily be there as much. You realize that that's an engine and, you know, HR has its, its issues. Don't, don't, don't let me get on a soapbox, so to speak, but, you know, just sharing, because I believe that being informed is like the best situation, you know, currency, information. That's it. That is it. So, Kofu, so, okay, so you get your first role. You, one of the, another point that you brought up that I want to uh, talk to the folks about is that you were, um, you didn't initially jump into like a security analyst or a security engineer or a junior pen tester and all of that. So, you know, tell people you were, you're, again, new to the industry, took this first role, took a second role. When you were in that second position, 
did it have components of security? Like how did that, how did you get from there to your security roles now? Um, so for me, I would say, I kind of think it was, well, this is another thing we did at First Colas is kind of map out what we want to do over the next 10, five to 10 you know, years. And I think that that was very important because sometimes when you're here, you're just kind of going and going, you're not really thinking of the future. You're just going as life is coming at you. So I always had that plan to transition into security. Um, it was just about how. So everywhere I went when I was on the service desk or anything like that, I always sought out the security team or the cybersecurity team to try to get some insight into what they do and, you know, rub shoulders with them and, you know, network with them. Um, and I think that's a very important part of IT or cyber in general is networking. Um, mm -hmm. and, you know, using your ambition and curiosity to kind of push you further and know that there's something better and something greater than what you're doing at the moment. So I always was rubbing shoulders with people and networking and trying to pick people's brains on how they got to the position that they're at and then just kind of followed that those steps. And I realized the certification route is the best way. So then I came back and got the Security Plus and then everything kind of opened up. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And then what made you go to, back to grad school? Well, what made me go back to grad school is um, I would go in a lot of people's offices um, especially when I was at the NEA and I always saw that there was a master's there. Um, not only that, but you know, I'm Nigerian. So my parents would not <laughs> leave me alone about <laughs> getting my master's. So I knew I was going to get it. It was just a matter of like, in what, and since I was trying to transition to cybersecurity and everything like that, it just made sense to get my master's in cybersecurity management and policy. And I knew that it'll, it'll also help boost my like profile as a candidate for these positions. Right. No, that's so funny. Every every anybody that it comes on and they are Nigerian American or have Nigerian parents, it's and and most a lot of people from like immigrant backgrounds. It just makes me laugh because yeah, that's like a non negotiable. This <laughs> this is not it's not happening without it. They will ride you. My dad probably on his deathbed was like, "You didn't get your master." <laughs> he was not, you know, they totally totally ride you. But being a continuous learner, having that education is definitely always key. And I never, um, you know, I definitely think that at least start like to to what you did, you know, started at, well, you went to Morgan, but then went back and got the certs and then went back and your employer probably paid for part of your degree. Um, what I hate to see, though, is people go and they get like exorbitant, like, they, you know, take out a ton, a ton of money and get a degree and then can't get a job like that is you know, it breaks my heart. But to go to either community college or go to a, you know, lower cost type of um, place to be able to get certifications and get your degree kind of like a Western governor's or, you know, that kind of thing is definitely something that um, that I promote. So a couple of comments here and then I have to wrap because we have to, I actually have uh, to go quickly today, unfortunately, but um, Reginald says here, Yes, roadmap of life is so important to stay focused. And Kofo, I think that what you said, having that five to 10 year plan is so important, you know, instead of just getting into a little bit of a, you know, rat race, so to speak, or just go, 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 go without really fully knowing what your destination is, where you want to end up. So you took that liberty to network while you were in your role, which is just so very important. And then I love the fact that you said you walk in these offices and you see these degrees on the wall. It's like, well, this is where this person is. This is what they have. I'm going to go get that too. So I thought that was really cool. And then um, Eric Williams says, it's crit critical to be curious to find your passion. Hashtag mm -hmm. network. I 100% agree with that. Mm -hmm. So 
Kofo, you are amazing. I am looking forward to, you know, staying, staying connected and, you know, you coming back and bringing more knowledge to people. This was like so informative. Um, telling your story. I know you do it a lot for Perscolas. Yes. So, so he, he's a Perscolas spokesperson. Yeah. Um, so very, very excited to have you. And thank you for joining me this Friday. And for everyone else, see you guys tomorrow with another edition of Breaking into Cybersecurity. Yes. Bye, everybody. All right.